If you like doing new things but not for long Like crocheting, collage, or writing a song Then come on, let's explore with a hobby whore Hello, bonjour, and welcome to the Hobby Whore Podcast A podcast hosted by a certified hobby whore, yours truly, Remy Van Collin This is the podcast where someone who's an expert in something Is interviewed by someone who's an expert in nothing I'm not a jack of all trades, I'm more of an eight of clubs of all trades But I am so lucky, fortunate, and grateful that I have a beautiful bevy of friends, colleagues amazing compatriots who have such incredible interest and have taken them beyond the world of hobbies. I have one such wonderful bestie with me here today, and that is the one, the only, Camila Zando. (laughs) Hey, Camila. What's up? So happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. So Camila and I, like many guests on this podcast, go back a little ways. We went to college Mm -hmm. together, but much like friend of the pod and former guest Harper Lee Andrews, Camila and I were roommates. The three of us lived together. We were roommates. <laughs> um, so Camila and I have spent loads of time together and I'm so excited to have her on to talk about something very near and dear to her and to me and to all of us. So Camila, why don't you tell us what that is? So I'm going to be talking about a holistic approach to healing, just overall umbrella term. Yes, and there's lots of different little nugget categories we can get into mm-hmm. as we as we continue to talk. So Camila, why don't you start off by telling us how you started to get into this more holistic healing space? Like what were some of your gateways as you began to enter? Yeah, I really have to be so grateful for it's it's interesting, but I have to be I've learned to be so grateful for this like digestive disorder that I kind of fell into. I, mm. when I was in college, I kind of had a really tough time with my digestive system. I can tell I wasn't getting enough nutrients and I was like going through like, you know, the whole IBS, constipation to diarrhea, to, you know, all the beautiful stuff. The classic pipeline we love. (laughs) We love it. And just like never having control over any of that. And just like feeling so helpless because been going to like Western medicine doctors for like countless times to sort of get it resolved. And I was just like, it's not happening here. Like I would get literally like laughed at in the face of doctors. Like doctors would like giggle at me when I would like express them like a symptom I'm having. They'd be like, well, that can't be true. And I'm like, well, I'm totally telling you the truth. Like, Like, well, it's happening, so. Yeah, it's like, I promise, Doc, like, I'm not just being silly. Like, (laughs) And so, like, they would just be like, well, it's probably because of this. Why don't you, we're going to put you on these drugs. And so I, like, go on the drugs. One time I was on this, like, this drug that they just, like, got. It was, like, as a sample. And they were, like, they were, like, here, try it out. And I was just, (laughs) like, you know, didn't know anything better. I was just kind of, like, I'm going to listen to my doctor, like, you know. And I went on it and it was, it made me, we were like in college at the time. So I was in a lot of dance classes and I remember being in one and I was like, am I having a heart attack? Like I was literally just like unable to like keep, like I was just like, I felt like I was having a heart attack and my heart was beating out of my chest and I was like unable to like continue the class. I was just like, I feel like I'm going to like faint and simultaneously like my chest is gonna explode like I just didn't know what was going on and I like looked up the drug uh 
side effects like later not really realizing that that it could have been that and it was like the Mm -hmm. first two symptoms were like uh heartbeat like irregular heartbeat and like fainting or something and I was like oh "Oh." like (laughs) and I was like that doesn't I don't want those things Mm -hmm. so I don't know you know just like kind of going on a journey to sort of try to heal myself so went to a lot of uh, like Reiki did a lot got a lot of Reiki um treatments and sessions and uh went to I got this uh, Ayurvedic pulse reading. So it tells you like you're literally, it's like very, it's all like witch stuff. So like I kind of <laughs> dived into like this other side of medicine because my mom is like a practicing witch and she has been going to like psychics and mediums and like she's got like a whole network of friends who practice. And so she like, uh, has been going to Magic Moon Sisters on Staten Island for years. Okay, shout so, out. <laughs> shout out. Shout out to Tina and April. <laughs> um, and so they do, uh, they offer a service pulse reading. And my, I was just like, what is that? And like, my mom was like, they take your pulse. Like I, I got the session. So basically they take your pulse. Like it's this woman, Tina, who is just so gifted that she, all she has to do is take your pulse. Like we're in a, you know, you're put in a room that's very like, you know, kind of how my room is right now, which is like nice lighting. There's salt lamps around. There's like an essential yeah, oil diffuser. For our guests at home that can't yeah. see it, Camille's uh-huh. in this beautiful, like pink soft lighting with this lush velvet headboard behind her it's very calming energy very yes we love we love it I have all these different light bulbs that change color and salt lamps and things and so anyway it was very that in in the session I felt like very safe and like I was in a nice environment so she like takes your pulse and like with her hand and looks you in the eyes and then asks you to stick out your tongue and looks in your mouth and at your tongue and by the end of the session it's the reading actually is like so quick all she has to do is take your pulse look at your tongue and look in your eyes and she's able to tell you like everything that has been going on with you that you're struggling with and like how to fix it based on these dosha types that you have. So this is all Ayurveda. So it's like ancient, ancient um, Chinese or Japanese holistic method. And um, it's like you, you have these dosha types when you're born, it's kind of similar to like astrology, but it's like passed through your DNA. Um, So like, I'm very dry. I have like a dry scalp, dry skin. And it's interesting also because my mom also, my whole life was just like rubbing lotion on every inch of her body, like at all times. She's just like so dry. And that's like one of the symptoms for like your vata dosha. And then, but everybody's usually a mix. So I'm like vata pitta. So it's like vata is like these drying it's like it's it's associated with like winter so there's also seasons you know so you're in your vata season when it's like winter when everything's dry out you want to eat foods that are like um really nourishing and heavy and like oily so that you're getting like these moisturized from like the inside out so it's good to have like sweet potatoes she says to use lots of like oils and ghee and things like that and then for pitta that would be like the fiery season so you want to have like 
more cooling things which is hard for me since I have both because you know it's like you want cooling things but also these like warming heavier things but anyway so I got my reading and like she gives you like this whole these sheets like written out she like emails you a document of like pages and pages of like how you could eat based on what season and based on what time of day because there's also like doshas throughout the day so in the morning is your um I'm not really like I don't really like go into Ayurveda now and I've kind of like I use it in my practice still but I'm not an expert but mm -hmm. I know there's different points of the day I have like the document that I referred to but like your vata type would be like your the end of the day like it's like when your liver and like your digestive organs kind of like shut down for the day they want to like go to sleep so it's like after 10 p.m so it's like you shouldn't eat after then because then it's going to be harder for you to digest things like that and so that was something I was working with too because I would always want to eat right before bed and I still struggle with it I definitely love to have a midnight snack before bed mm -hmm. who a little something sweet at the end of the day exactly like how can you not <laughs> so <laughs> so I mean no shame in any of it I've kind of come a really long ways in my practice because I kind of, I've actually like, I've, I've grown so much. I've like kind of been like reflecting on who I was at that time. And like, I'm so grateful that I am where I am. I feel like, I feel kind of like Miley Cyrus in that way. I'm like, I'm looking back, I'm like grateful for the times, but I'm so <laughs> glad that I've moved past that period of my life. <laughs> Cause I feel like, when I was vegan, it was like scary for me. I was like a scary person with it. I was very like, um, like trying to convince everyone that that was the answer to life in this world. And I found out actually through like astrology reading, I got into astrology reading, I got Reiki certified, all because of this like digestive disorder that I was trying to fix myself. I just became like really invested in like holistic healing and like really started to believe in it because it was the only thing that was you know making sense for me every time I went to a western doctor I was like I don't resonate with anything you're saying um but when I would go to like a holistic healer I felt like so much more empowered in my and like and like encouraged to even like practice on my own to sort of try to help heal others too because I know that it's a huge I think like everyone has digestive issues. Like I feel like it's just like a norm that we live with and like other issues too, like migraines and things like that. And I think it could all really be like come down to like how we eat and how we live like day to day and things like that. And I think that diet culture is just like so toxic and like all these things that we put on ourselves all these pressures of like food and the relationships that we ex experience with it is so it's like important like food is something essential that we need but somehow we've twisted it to be this like way to manipulate how we look you know mm. and it's just like very scary and I remember like how and so basically how I ended up trying like eggs and stuff and like trying to like move away from veganism was because I was for those of you that don't know I was vegan for three plus years mm -hmm. and I was really intense about it I was like you know intense plant-based girly <laughs> I felt like 
I'm very connected to like the suffragettes. Like it was very intense and like not the the way. Like, you know, the suffragettes were like on hunger strike because they're like fighting for their rights and doing these things. And I was very inspired by them. And I was like, you know, veganism is a protest, is like all these things, you know, you're you're sacrificing the these foods. You're not gonna eat them because it's better for the wellness of this earth and uh animals and all these things. And I, you know, it's like I would preach this to like other people in hopes that they would start eating more plant-based and even make them feel guilty about eating things. Like, you know, like, oh, why would you eat an animal that is just like, you realize what you're contributing to. And um, it was just like toxic behavior of me. And all of it um, kind of came to a close when I was at like peak of my illness because I would be fainting like every day I or like near fainting every day. And I would just be very like um, weak, like in my body. I lost a lot of weight and I was not eating less. Like I definitely had some sort of eating troubles, especially when I was in college. It's really hard. I'm sure you can attest to it too, Remy, being under the pressures of like theater performance and Absolutely. And I think the other, the other part of it, I mean, having lived with you and like, especially that senior year, which was during the coronavirus, like the height of coronavirus pandemic before any vaccine was available, it was hard to just like exist in the world period. A lot of pressure with that, a lot of pressure being theater majors and feeling like we had to look and act a certain way to succeed in our industry, especially at a time when our industry had like disappeared for a little bit and felt ultra competitive and also just like full stop period the dining plan at our college is Mm -hmm. not very flexible Mm -mm. in terms of different dietary restrictions. It's so true. Um, I would say like, oh, they do their best, but like, do they? And (laughs) it's like, and it was hard dealing with like, if in order to live on campus, you have to be on their dining plan. But if that dining plan doesn't like sustain you in any way, if you have a dietary restriction, then you're spending all that money on the dining plan and then spending all the additional money to like buy groceries and figure out how to like, Mm-hmm. make food yourself when you aren't allowed to have cooking materials in besides mm-hmm. like a microwave in your yeah. room so that's a really difficult time to be like trying to find a healthier connection with food because it really is just not accessible to you no it well, you're so right like I remember just like going like email chain after email chain with all these like big heads of the food like the dining hall and the the, the way that we get food at school and just being like is there a way that I don't have to have a meal plan? Because like simply I am not getting enough nutrients. And like, I learned also working with like Wagner earth and working with um, the food recovery network at school that, you know, food insecurity is huge all over every college in this country, because I don't know, there's just something about like lack of, lack of like caring about like, feeding yourself like healthily when you're in college I think there's like almost this glamorization of like I'm running to class and I have no time to eat and I'm doing this and this and I oh I forgot to eat this morning and I you know or like oh all I had was a bagel today I have to get something like I have to take this break and eat and then like you know we almost like kind of live for those moments of like 
of like, oh, I'm so involved in my craft that like, you know, I, I like don't even have time to like nourish my body. Like, yeah, it's very ingrained in the culture. Like everything that you've mm -hmm. just said, like the, oh, I didn't have time to eat today. Or like, oh, I haven't eaten since breakfast. I just had like a banana. Like that Uh is so like, it doesn't even hit my ear weird because A, I've said all of those things. Uh Uh-huh personally and be like I hear everyone around me say that all the time but you're so right like that's not good that's not healthy no and like I would also be like in that mindset where even though I was hungry I just let myself be like angry hangry because I was just like well I don't have time like simply like I just am that busy but you know you have to make time for these things and you know there were points in my college career too where I was like I'm going to be 10 to 15 minutes late to my class because I have to get food because I didn't have a choice. Like I, I just like didn't meal prep. It's like impossible to meal prep at, in college too. I feel too, because especially for us who we were forced to have a meal plan, we can't like meal prep on our own really, unless you're making like, I guess a peanut butter and jelly or something, mm-hmm. you know? So like, and you couldn't take things out of the dining hall. So it's not like you could like really kind of prep in your dining hall and then like take it out with you and then have it later. It's very much like eat when you're free. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. you can't really eat when you're busy. And also like with the way that, um, you know, classes are structured and with the classes you need to take in order to graduate or to move on to the next year and all of that, like sometimes you're just taking back to back to back classes and so you don't, you have 10 minutes in between classes and there's like, even before COVID when the dining plan kind of changed in order to accommodate for like distance eating and outdoor eating, huh. like there just wasn't enough time to go. Huh. You certainly couldn't run to the dining hall because you couldn't take food out of there. You needed to huh. be able to sit there and eat if you were going to be eating there. And huh. then like at our, our like more quick service place, it wasn't really quick service unless you wanted chicken yeah. tenders and fries, which huh. for a vegan, not possible. Huh. Huh. Um, so it's it there just like wasn't if you unless you advocated for yourself to have those 10 to 15 minutes late to class so that to make sure that you would do that for yourself it wasn't going to be possible which is a a problem in the culture of all that which i think is the the biggest thing one of the biggest takeaways uh, listening to your story and hearing stories like it and and just with holistic healing in general is about self-advocacy it's a huge issue in in modern medicine about people feeling like they do not have power in mm-hmm. the way that they are cared for, in the way that they are treated. And lots yeah. of horrible things happen to people when they feel yeah. that they don't have that power and they're consistently mistreated and misbelieved yeah. um, in the world of modern medicine. And so when they feel like advocating for themselves is not enough in the world of, of Western medicine, mm-hmm. then turning to holistic healing where people are actually listening to them and actively mm-hmm. trying to, to work with them to give them power in their own healing I think is a really powerful tool, even if it ultimately leads you back to Western medicine with a better mm-hmm. understanding of yourself yeah. and your condition. Yeah. It, it's a good stop at least to consider. Yeah. yeah. Something that I've really learned is that like, no one's going to care about you ex- like you do, you know, like I kind of grew up in this way, thinking in this mindset that like doctors like want to help you. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like we were taught to be like, yes, like your doctor is your, your, like they're superheroes, you know? And like, you know, sure. Like we need doctors. Absolutely. I have had so much help from doctors, like in a lot of areas of my life. Um, it's just like, when it comes to like a certain thing about you that you're 
not sure of that maybe isn't like, yeah, like what you said, like the self-advocacy, like just like really being confident in like what you're feeling and like saying this isn't normal because I feel like a lot of us just kind of fall into and what I was doing for so long while I was like in college and stuff not being able to like go to doctors and go to these healers. Um, I was just like, oh, well, I'm just gonna have to like adjust my life around this, this thing. Um, and like, kind of like, just have to deal with it. Like, you know, just have to kind of deal with my circumstance. And of course that's like, ugh, not good. And like, it really <laughs> just sucks because you like, you you really we have to like prioritize healing and like we really don't like we really are just like I'm just gonna live with this illness that I'm facing and I'm gonna figure out how to make my life work around it instead of like focusing on healing yourself and I think a lot of that has to do with like accessibility like we really don't have good medical at all mm -hmm. like in this country and people don't have access to good doctors. Like all the doctors that I've went to are only doctors that take my insurance. And every doctor I've been to kind of just like, doesn't like care or invest. And I know that it's not really the doctor's job to care and invest like that. You have to care and invest in yourself for sure. But you know, it would be nice if like, I could go to another doctor and see how they feel about it. Or, you know, I don't know. And I also the holistic, and like fundamental medicine doctors and things like that and like healers like are don't take insurance like they're not considered to be like real healers um and like even nutritionists and stuff too are not considered to be like you know doctors that you could take insurance like that that take insurance so you know that's something else because you have to really be able to afford to go to these nutritionists and to go to these functional medicine doctors that like you know, art cost hundreds and hundreds of dollars a visit, you know, like, and yeah. no one can afford that. And we're kind of trained to believe that our health isn't even worth that much because we're like, well, I rather like save up and be able to pay rent or like, I rather save up and maybe have a vacation or something, or like, I rather, yeah. you know, like there's other things that we rather do than like take care of ourselves. <laughs> right. And, Cause like, going on a, like a trip to the doctors is not fun. Like it's no. not what I want to be spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars no. on. Yeah. yeah. And we shouldn't have to, but you know, it's just like how the world works, which is so unfortunate, which is another reason why I became so passionate about it and wanted to like got Reiki certified and like have been studying to sort of, you know, help people heal because um, I want to offer like accessible, accessible, you know, resources for people to heal. I do like pay what you will Reiki nights and all these things. Usually Reiki is like in the hundreds for a session, but I do like $30 as like a flat rate. And if it's like, you want to pay me more, go ahead. But then, you know, I do pay what you will classes where it's just like, if you want to pay me, you know, I just want to do a nice thing. And, um, you know, so it's just like things like that where like, you know, we could, offer services like that. I know other people that do like bartering. I'm like been looking into networking and like looking at other healers that are like kind of, 
young and not hundreds of dollars to go to and they're like well you know I'll offer you a healing if you give me a healing or like if you do this if you make me this like I'll do this for you so I feel like the world is kind of changing but you do have to be in the world to sort of like find your way and I feel like it's really inaccessible to a lot of people because people just like think oh I'm not feeling well I'm gonna go to the doctor um instead of like oh I'm not feeling well let me listen to my body see what I need, where it's coming from. Is it, did it start physically or did it start mentally? Is it affecting my mental health? Is it like, like, how is it affecting you in all your areas of life? Instead, we were just like, oh, put a bandaid over it, you know, like put like a, let me give you a pill that makes the symptoms go away instead of finding the root of the issue. Yeah. I think that that's something that holistic um, healing really stresses is the interconnectedness of it all mm-hmm. is that like you, to in order to find the root of the issue you really can't stop with the symptoms mm-hmm. um, and I think that that's something that's really important especially as something to take with you like on your own like understanding of yourself and understanding of your body and learning to like really sit with like when things are not well being able to think about like, okay, well, was this like, was I stressed and that started to cause some issues? Like, was there like an inciting event? Like learn Mm -hmm. how the experience of the world is connected to your experience of yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to be a lot like more equipped to have that self-advocacy to really know what's wrong and really work towards fixing it and finding that balance again. It's so true. And like, I remember being in a doctor's office and being like, you know, I'm having this like insane acid reflux or I feel like I'm going to like almost throw up like after I like literally have a sip of water. Like, you know, I was like <laughs> at a point where it was like so bad like that, where I was like, I don't know, like what's going on? Like, and, and then, so he gave me a pill for like acid reflux and I was like, okay, but why am I having acid reflux? And he like laughed at me and was like, I don't know, maybe see a psychiatrist. And I was like, well, if that's what I should do, then that's what you should prescribe, you know, like, because like giggling at me, making it like, it's a joke. Like, oh, well then maybe you should see a psychiatrist. And I'm like, well, okay. Is that what I should do? Because maybe right, like, <laughs> like, are you joking? Or like, should I go do that? Like yeah. you're a doctor. Like, yeah, like are you telling me? <laughs> no, like literally, I'm just like, well, if you think the root of it is something that I could discover with like, wor- like mental work, then like, and like, you know, going back and doing that kind of thing then like I rather do that than take this drug that's gonna have a side effect and like maybe not even work for me you know so it's just like it's just like you know we're we're still learning and we're growing I think we have a, a lot of ways to go but I would like to touch back on the veganism that I was yeah. experiencing too because I have become passionate about like the the like restrictive diets like that I feel like I was ever since not uh, ever since going not vegan or like giving up veganism and uh you know opening my palate to meats and eggs and dairies I have and like you know other non-vegan things I um have gotten so much better and I think that that's because of like a lot of the the restrictions that you we put on it I think that like uh, a lot of what I was doing was like saying I can't have that I don't eat that so I'm not going to have it even if I wanted it you know and it's like well it's for the protesters for like this this and this like I don't do that and that's like really dangerous because once you put that limiting um 
quality on your, on something like food, something that we need, it could be really dangerous to your health. And like, this is what, and, and people think like losing weight is a good thing, but like, it just like, isn't like (laughs) if you're losing weight, like so rapidly like that, we have like learned to celebrate that. And I think it's like really bizarre, like genuinely, like in society, I think it's so weird that we celebrate like when you lose weight so fast, like people on TV will be like, I lost over a hundred pounds in one month or whatever. Don't you want to do that? And then like everyone signs up for the diet and like does it. And it's just like, that's not healthy. Like we, we need fats on our body, like to absorb them. And like people that cut out fats completely, everything is like zero fat, low fat, all this stuff. And it's like, we need fats to absorb nutrients. I wasn't getting like all those fats in my diet as a vegan. And like, I do think that some people are meant to have a more plant-based diet. And my diet is still mostly plant-based. Like I eat mostly plant-based stuff, but you know, I'll throw in like butter or I'll throw in like an egg for extra protein and fats. And I'll throw in like all these things. Cause I've been working with my nutritionist and I've like learned that those things are actually can be good for us and beneficial. And I've actually went to this astrologer that kind of talked to me about it back when I was still like vegan hardcore. I went to these two, two separate, but basically told me the same thing, spiritual figures in my life now. Um, one of them was like, well, what's your chart? Like what I could tell you what your, what, what your diet is based on your astrology chart. And I was like, what? Like, huh? <laughs> she was like, are you having, she's like, you're having digestive issues or whatever. I was like, yeah. And she was like, okay, tell me what your, this is like literally just a customer that used to come in to this crystal shop that I worked in. Because when you work in a crystal shop, you end up talking about like all these different types of holistic things. And right, of course. You know, yeah. Like as it goes. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, crystals help me too. Like in my holistic practice, like they help me open my solar plexus, you know, like different crystals for different things help me you do things better and meditate better work on the mental side of things and the spiritual side of things and um so anyways this person that kept coming in was just like okay well what's your chart and I was like I'm in Aries in the eighth house I have all these well she was the one who really told me all these about the houses and how important the houses are she was like well what houses are they in like and we talked about it and it and I have like all these ninth, uh, eighth house placements. So eighth house is like the Scorpio house. It's like Mars, like sex, aggression, death, all that kind of things, uh, secrets, darkness, you know, all that is associated with the eighth house. And my Aries sun is also, you know, that's the first house. That's also very like Aries is ruled by Mars and like also like masculine, uh, fiery, very fiery and so that would be associated with like meats. Like literally she was like, that's, this is a carnivorous chart. She was like, this is why you're having all these digestive issues. She was like, because these fire placements and like these eighth house placements are like, they need this, they need that, like they need food in your tummy that like are associated with that these these astrology placements and I was just like what like how does having a rotting corpse in my body help me in my life I'm like I feel like that's you know that's putting death and putting torture into my body and she was like exactly and I was like what do you mean and she was like 
you have like these placements in your chart that are, you know, these like hellscape placements where they're like focusing on death and focusing on these things. And I was feeling very called to certain deities that were like, that are dark. And I was just like, I don't know what to do about this. And I was like, you know, feeling a little scared and then realizing that like, you know, to work with those deities, to work in like this spirit realm of darkness, because, you know, to get to heaven, you have to start with hell is like what they Mm -hmm. say. You have to really go through the darkness of your life to come out onto the positive side and like open up heaven and like live in bliss and um you you're that's going to be cyclical you're always going to have to do that like go into hell and come back out into heaven and then work on yourself again go into the dark places and come back out into heaven and so I was like unable to work on this darkness that I was experiencing for so long I had like this darkness you know associated with a lot of things and I couldn't heal from it and I was it was affecting me it was making me like you know all these things because it did feel very spiritual I was like what's happening to me is also affecting me in like my dream world I'm like having nightmares more I'm having like you know all these things with our health they're very connected like and uh, slowly the body will you know reflect what's going on mentally too so I was like you know and realizing talking to this customer that would come in all the time giving me an astrology reading she's an astrologer. She like went to Columbia for science and astrology and astronomy and things like that. And she was like, you know, like you need that, like torture, that death in you. Like, yes, it's bad. Like I still believe that the industry obviously needs fixing. Like the, the way we get our foods is horrible, but, you know, I try to get it as ethical as I can, of course. And I try even when I'm like buying meats and things to get it from like even like a local butcher or something that like can really benefit from my purchase, you know, like these mom and pop places that kind of just like need my support anyway. If I'm gonna do it, you know, I try not to buy it from like Whole Foods or something. I try to like get it from a, you know, someone that I could support or some sort of ethical thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And I, I think that something that's so important, especially when you're talking about like that work, like through hell and heaven and that it's, it is cyclical and just mm-hmm. looking at nature and how cyclical it all is. Mm-hmm. And it, it, like, when you look to nature, when you look to these cycles, when you look to how we are natural beings, like mm-hmm. as much as modern society especially in America which was where we live has Mm. pushed us to like put up walls between ourselves and nature like we are still natural beings and so we should be looking to those cycles to kind of help us work through ourselves and, and be able to understand what we need the other half of it also with the cyclical nature of it and it's something we've touched on a few times and especially going back to the idea of diet culture is that it's constant work Mm -hmm. existing is constant work Mm -hmm. and like healing is constant work it's always about getting yourself back on balance it's always about cycling through and that's why diet culture is so toxic because it promises you that like you do this amount of work and then that's Mm -hmm. it but as soon as you stop being on that diet chances are you're going to gain all that weight back 
all of those benefits that you think you're reaping from it are only possible as long as you continue that specific diet. Mm -hmm. And that's not, that means that it's not long lasting. That means that it's not something that you can keep up. And Mm -hmm. that means that you're developing a really restrictive relationship with something that's meant to nourish you and help you find Mm -hmm. balance that is instead throwing you off balance because you've given it so much importance and weight in your daily routine and life. Yeah. So these are all things to think about and, and how holistic healing can help is that it emphasizes the work of rebalancing yes. rather than some kind of like goal-based idea of like a final place that you've worked uh, to. No, balance is the key. That's what I've learned too, is that like, you know, if I feel guilty, you know, ethically, spiritually about certain things, like sometimes it's really hard, like, especially in the beginning, Um, and I still am kind of in the beginning of this, you know, eating meats and things I, you know, get like nauseous and queasy, you know, like looking at raw meats and stuff and working with it. And I think that's normal too. Um, but it's something that we have to face. I think something that we do is like, we put, um, we kind of just like put the pressure of like the murder that's taking place, um, on like these big industries which is like you know like it is their fault sure you know like but you know you are uh like reaping the benefits and like and so I find that you know it's really hard to deal with sometimes like in my stomach like I feel like oh like queen like literally like I feel bad and um I think something that really helps me is like praying over the food like like simply like I feel like people don't I feel I I haven't I don't do that even when I was a vegan I was like you know I think like what you were just saying about like uh going back to nature I think like as a vegan me and a lot of vegans still like kind of associate veganism with like the most connected to nature you can be and um because it's like you're only eating plants that are growing and like you know these fungi and like you could still you're still eating all of those things even if you're not vegan it doesn't make you more connected or less connected I actually do think it makes you I mean at least for me for me I'm also all just talking in personal experience um (laughs) just want to say that because I feel like some people you know can really benefit from eating more plant-based, like depending on your astrology and your body and your doshas and all these things. But I do think that restricting completely and like even the term vegan is like dangerous because, you know, you're putting all this restriction and this, and this like pressure on your diet, like you were saying, and, and it's supposed to nourish you. And you have like this, this like relationship with it, that is just like so restricting. Um, and then it becomes like political and it becomes like something more than just like the way you're eating. It's really become something like, I think is dangerous for a lot of people. Um, and we, and we yeah. kind of like disguise it as this good thing because it's like, oh, look how skinny everyone is when they're vegan. I mean, that's not even true. Like, but like, <laughs> but like somehow we're like, oh, you know, if you, cut out all these things like you know it is so good for you and it's like well like yes like you could cut out those things for like multiple meals but don't like cut it out for the rest of your life I feel like that's when it's dangerous um putting the label on it of like I don't do those things so I'm not gonna ever do it ever again for the rest of my life um that's when it becomes dangerous I do think obviously I mean I still do like have plant-based meals mostly but you know 
like I said, I'm all about the balance, like you said. Um, mm -hmm. And the other thing was like, when you name something and you say, this is something I'm never going to eat again, or this is something I'm never going to do again, mm -hmm. that gives it so much power. It's yeah. still occupying space in your life because yeah. you've given it that power of restriction. Yeah. So like, I think that like, you know, cutting out for like lessening its its presence in your life is actually giving it less power than restricting it. Yeah, it's so, true. Like, that's, no, yeah, it's that's true. something to definitely think about when you're when you're thinking about, you know, changing your diet or changing your relationship to food. Like think about not giving the things so much power mm -hmm. as you're restricting them lessen yeah. them take it day by day cycle it through just like find mm -hmm. like diversify the things you eat rather than restricting the things you eat yes. that way you're not eating the same things all the time and that's going to mean that you're cutting things out of your diet you know interspersedly like yeah. that's how you do it is just by diversifying the things that you eat agree all of it agree like I just I just like have really come so far with it I am like so proud of myself because I used to really just be like so intense with it and that's honestly something I've learned with astrology too is that like that Aries those eighth house placements all that if you're not getting that form of like death and that form of like you know I mean there's more to it than just death obviously but you know if you're not eating like a more fiery base like meaty or whatever not, not that I'm like eating so meaty like I wouldn't ever be like I'm a carnivore like I only right. eat meats but you know um it's like well I've come to the understanding that like if well if I don't have that in my life if I don't like ingest it in food it's gonna show up in other areas of my life like I would just get so aggressive instead of like eating like chicken or like eating something like that, I would just like, you know, if you're just eating plants when your body wants meat, then you're gonna be aggressive. You're gonna be like, you're, you know, it's gonna come out as like a sort of hanger and you're gonna be aggressive in other areas of your life. Like I would be aggressive in the fact that I was vegan and I'd be aggressive in like, in like a lot of other areas of my life that are not, you know, you're not meant to be aggressive there like aggression is great it's a normal emotion not great but you know it's, <laughs> it's, it's part of it's part of life like you're yeah. allowed to be aggressive like you yeah. need to be sometimes yeah exactly and there are great outlets for it like great ways to release anger and great ways great ways to you know face your aggression and uh hone it so it's powerful to you um rather than just like lashing out and putting all that aggression into the wrong places. And I think that that's something I've really come to terms with too, um, where if I'm feeling a sort of like aggression or a sort of something, it usually is like now that I'm like, you know, on the holistic journey, I'm like, I can, I'm like pretty good now at like realizing an emotion I'm having and being like, okay, how is this affecting my body right now? Where am my body, you know, if you sit for meditation and be like, where am my body? Am I feeling this? this emotion and how can I help it heal? And if it's like, you know, usually guttural, then it's like, okay, what food can I eat to satisfy that urge? And how can I, you know, I feel like diet and food can is, I mean, all of it is like, you know, your body, the food you're eating, the emotions you're feeling, all this, like the spirituality of it all, everything is all connected. And, and like, if you're, facing something rather than just like 
putting it into a different, like channeling it into a different way, like kind of just like ask yourself where it's coming from, how you can heal it. And then like, if you're still feeling those feelings you were feeling before, you know, channel it into a, into a good thing, you know, try to, you know, do what you can with that emotion and to, to help heal yourself and heal others. You'll, you know, that's when you could really bring healing into the world is when you're healing yourself because you can't help heal the world and help make the world a better place if you're putting your own health on the back burner, you know? Yeah. And I think that segues us nicely into what you've done to start bringing healing into the world by getting Reiki certified and starting your own practice. Why don't you tell us about the process of that learning Reiki and how you've been doing it since? Yeah, I've been, um, so Reiki works with energy. So Reiki is, uh, ancient Japanese medicine that also, you know, Reiki can be, Reiki is associated with like a lot of energy healing is just associated with a lot of different cultures, a lot of different like ancient practices. Like, you know, they even say, so the, the origins of Reiki, like is this, um, this story, this, this pastor, this preacher, Dr. Usui, um, was a man of Christ and, uh, would get questions all the time. Like, how did Jesus heal people? Like, how is he, you know, just like putting his hands on people and healing them. Like, you know, that's just like one of the main questions. It's like, well, he didn't know the answer. Um, it wasn't, it was, it's ancient times. So he was just like, well, I guess it's not that ancient to be honest. Um, but he kind of found out himself and like went on this whole journey, um, on the top of the mountain, spent 21 days up there, um, fasting and doing all these things, you know, crazy spiritual stuff to sort of doing research from every aspect. Buddha also did the same thing with healing with his hands, you know, in lots of religious practices, there's lots of like healing with your hands and things like that. And so he like figured it out. And like, uh, on the 21st day when he was up there, he was like, met with this spiritual, like essence that like, like uh the star like the sky changed and like all these things he said he experienced and uh like this like light came towards his third eye and like showed him all these symbols it's like very you know you have to kind of like open your mind and believe in all this of course mm-hmm. um and he was like met with all these symbols and it's like all these reiki symbols that we use today in today's modern like reiki practice um but all the reiki masters have descended from like this one guy essentially he had a few people that he taught that he was a master to that and one of them brought it to america she's a hawaiian lady and um, brought it to america and um like everyone is like a descendant basically from like everyone that is a reiki person like that that is certified in reiki has learn from a master like of Dr. Usui basically. Um, So my teacher, you know, is a master who was able to certify me and teach me about it. And like her teacher was also, you know, it's like a very uh, direct line, you know, which is really nice uh, to know your history and like kind of dive into it. But so Reiki meaning Ray is like the universal life energy and uh, Ki is like uh, the life force, like it's similar to chi. It's like in your body, like the energy that flows through you. Um, 
And so like working together, like the universal life energy that runs through you um, and working with it to heal. So when you like, when I sit down and do a Reiki session, I'm not like doing the healing myself. I kind of just like open my body and like become a vessel for this energy that works through me. And um, that is what's healing. And like in the process of it, I get a reading, like I can feel where the energies are overstimulated and understimulated and things like that. And I could, you know, I have a consultation with everyone after the session where I'm like, well, this is where I'm feeling like in these chakras, like where you need work and what, uh, and I like offer help. I'm like, here's crystals I'd use. Here's a practice I would do. Are you feeling this, this, and this way? If it's like solar plexus, I'm like, I ask about digestion and like things like that. And we could like really kind of open a conversation about it. And, and like, that's been really helpful even to me too. Like I've, I've learned so much from doing Reiki on others. Um, not that I'm doing Reiki, that's not like the proper term, but you know, <laughs> having sessions with people, <laughs> I've learned so much like from other people, like where other people have problems and where, how it manifests in their life. And, um, like having so much, like, so it's really all about the conversation, starting the conversation. Cause I, I do the energy, you know, like we're having the session that's healing in itself. It helps you create balance. It helps you open things that are blocked and all these things and uh, release tension and things like that. People that have, you know, been on my table that are like, I don't know if I'm going to be good at this. And I'm just like, <laughs> it's okay. Like, just try to relax. And if not, like, you know, no worries. And they've just been like, yeah, just like, I get really twitchy and get really like whatever. And I'm like, okay, no worries. Like, world will work with it together and we have like nice conversation about it so everyone's comfortable and then you know by the end of it they're like wow I'm so impressed with myself like how I was able to even just like lay there still like and like it felt so good to like when you would like work with different parts of me my body feeling the energy like it was just really healing and really helping me relax even if you don't like you know quote-unquote believe I guess there is a certain level of belief um if you don't believe in all that, it is just nice. Like, you know, think about it when you feel like when you have a tummy ache, what's the first thing you do? You put your hands on your tummy, you know, like, or like if you have a headache, you know, you're, you're usually holding your head with your hands and things like that. Like when you have pain, like your instinct is to like touch those parts of you with your hands. I think everyone, everyone does have the ability to be a healer themselves. And like, because we all have those instincts to like, you know, touch where we have ailments and pain and things like that so it's just like really uh honing that practice and like having teachers and stuff I've been so lucky to be like guided into the right directions and I really have all of it to thank for like I have all of it um happened to me because of this like digestive issue that I've been facing for so long so like it's crazy that I you know have have gratitude for something that's brought me pain but like you know it's also brought me healing and like connection with all these different people and different like ways of holistic medicine and things like working with herbs I've been like just took a class on like astrological um herb uh, herbism and it's like really interesting like the planets aligning with different like vegetables and herbs on this on this earth so if it's like 
so if it's like a you know like a mars like example like if you're if you're if you're facing like a venus problem sometimes you want to work with the opposites you want to work with like a mars plant or a mars herb in your healing and um or you could work with the venus ones too but you know you have to kind of like do your research and study i'm still not like 100 percent on it but like you know mars plants would be something like you know like vicious spiky plants cactus and like aloe and like uh like venus flytrap types of things like these uh were like things with like fire spice acidity and things like that whereas things that are like venus associated are like pretty flowers and things like that like lavender and things um so you know uh I, I'm like still on my journey and it, absolutely and well, uh, that's I think what we've learned is that the journey doesn't stop right okay. it's a, it's cycles it's yeah. everything it's yeah. and I think like the fact that like you can say like I'm thankful for this bad thing that happened to me because it started me on this cycle on this journey really is a testament to what you said before is that you've got to be able to work through hell to get to heaven mm-hmm. it's, it's all true. connected it's all cyclical and when you can appreciate the bad for the good that it brought, that's when you're like really finding, finding your flow in all this. Now, since we've talked through this wonderful, you've been so, so personal and so open, which I so appreciate with you on this pod. Thank Thank you you so much for sharing. Sorry if I'm not like organized in my thoughts. No, no, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) It's cool that we got to like, just like really see kind of all the facets, the interconnected web of this journey of yours. But now, Let's take a step behind the hobby. Yes. This is our segment where we just take a little bit to learn about the person behind the hobby. So Camila, what's your middle name? Rose. Ah, uh, just like friend of the pod and former guest Elena Rose Berlet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We both have the same middle name. I feel like I always can clock when someone's middle name is Rose. Or like not clock it, but like we always are like, oh, we have the same middle name. It's always something to bond over. It's very cute. Yeah. Um, what is your, oh, we've actually talked about this, but in, just in case anyone missed it, what is your sun sign? Oh, I'm an Aries. Yes, she is. <laughs> um, what's your favorite, like, side dish? Ooh, I've been vibing with, like, mashed potatoes. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm loving, like, I don't know if carrots, I guess that's, like, a main, it could be, like, a main vegetable, so not really, but I've been vibing with, like, carrots and, like, getting back to the like root like doing doing some like root veggies loving beets lately too oh beets i love the colorful yes it's like i love the the, like the color the bloody the like like bleeds and stains (laughs) (laughs) and now this one hits a little bit harder so just for warning you Mm -hmm. if you could tell yourself 10 years ago Mm -hmm. something what would you tell yourself Ooh, you're a lesbian. (laughs) (laughs) And that's that on that. And sometimes we just need to know. (laughs) (laughs) So now with that beautiful piece of advice leads us wonderfully into our next segment called Hot Tips. This is your chance to give anyone out there who might be thinking about starting this journey for themselves, might be interested in in learning Reiki or starting their own spiritual healing, seeing some more holistic healers, um, beginning that process, any hot tips you have for them as they get started? It's, it's so difficult because I started, I would honestly find like a local 
a, a local shop that's that gives you a good vibe go to different shops that are like that give readings like I'm lucky because I had one on Staten Island um which is like kind of the last place you you picture something yeah. like a really helpful like shop that has these amazing witches working there giving you all forms of healings and readings but I would get readings I would I would be open to spirituality I would work on if you don't have a spiritual connection with the universe um try to like try, try to find one I would say because um a lot of a lot of healing is aided by the spirits I would say your angels guiding you try to connect with your angels everyone has guardian angels uh watching over them and guiding them and I think that like even if you don't believe in you know the term angel or like these things you know if you don't believe in that kind of thing uh, um and but just to find to think about it in another way you know maybe you could think about it in like a, there are little fairies watching you I mean there are little fairies watching you <laughs> but you know think about try to find a, a spiritual outlet that resonates with you and start within and really try to work on that I would also uh practice see if you could practice like Ugh, this is tricky to say I was gonna say because yoga and like that has really helped me but real yoga like yoga the practice not yoga the workout <laughs> <laughs> um because yoga is all about like oneness and connectivity and I think that has really helped me um and also just like being connected with my body doing asana in a way that you know connecting my breath to everything and really finding what parts of my body um, need more attention and then like going inwards and thinking about those and meditating on them. And I would just say like, try to find like a spiritual practice, even if it's not yoga, if it's something just like, I would try to find a spiritual practice that really resonates with you that you could dive into. Um, because I think that's the first step. Cause I think a lot of us kind of run to Western medicine because it's like body. It's like, I'm feeling something in my body. I want that body pain to go away. Um, but you know, every, as we've said, everything's all interconnected. So I would, I would focus on, or if you have a really good spiritual connection, you know, find that balance, maybe find a connection more with your body. If you have a spiritual connection, you know, find a connection with your body more. How can you connect with your body? Um, and things like that. I'd also say go to therapy. That's always just a nice thing. I started therapy almost like, I mean, it's, it's recent, I guess, like last five months. Um, and it's like helped me so much. Uh, just, you know, you go on ZocDoc <laughs> and like find a, <laughs> excuse me, find a therapist that uh, is in your insurance and you could do a Zoom call with them. Things like that. Have like a support group of people that you could talk to about your situation going into get get a reiki healing they have those um everywhere i know it's expensive but you know you could contact me get, get, <laughs> like, exactly <laughs> thank know. you for those hot tips camila uh -huh. yeah so now we get to my favorite segment of the show which Ooh. is called sponsor me please yeah. now this podcast famously does not have any sponsors so <laughs> i like to give this time to our guests 
to call out any products, companies, services, anything, restaurants, anything mm. that would make your life better if they sponsored you? Wow. Hmm. This is like the toughest question I've ever been asked and like the best one. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know. I would say probably like, a, hmm, hmm, like, I, I mean, since we're on the topic of all the, the stuff, like the crystals and all that, I'm just trying to think of like something in that realm that could help, that could be a sponsor, but like nothing is coming to mind. Maybe like a, maybe if I was sponsored by like a, a wellness, like, like beverage or something oh, like, a, sure. like, oh, or like cannabis, something definitely mm -hmm. like a, like a, if I was sponsored by, um, I don't even know like any big cannabis company or like I guess they don't really exist uh on the east coast even but if I was sponsored by like a, a dispensary if I was sponsored <laughs> not that that would happen but if I was sponsored by like a or like a um if I was sponsored by like a plant like an herbal like a uh, holistic sort of like uh a, resource I don't know something of that nature I wish I had more of a clear answer that's okay those are those are all great ideas and hopefully some company is like oh that's us we got you girl and they'll come sponsor you amazing I want to hear from them so that brings us to our final segment of the show called plug it all and so this is your chance to plug anything and everything of yours of people in your life of anything in the world that you want to draw people's attention to Yes, I um, will say I have a Twitter, I guess, and you could find out like all the things I'm passionate about there. It's Luna three underscores tick, and um, and also Sand Up Gals. So I am the co-founder of this beach cleanup org, but we're also going to be doing a clothing swap soon. Um, we're gonna be doing a clothing swap soon. And then also Grassroots Theater Co. is this theater company. I have uh, have the pleasure, privilege of knowing them and working with them. Um, they are a cannabis theater company, first of its kind, uh, Brooklyn-based, that uh, is gonna be next big thing, um, but still needing support. Uh, and they work with Last Prisoner Project, um, which is, you know, helps people that were in prison for cannabis to have, get lawyers and uh, resources for jobs and help, helps them get back on their feet after incarceration and um, things like that. It's really good program. So Grassroots works with them and also puts up new works, original works and re-identifies uh, theater as like this new works, cool, uh, work in progress type of like, you know, uh, we're, we're putting together like a kooky weird theater written by kooky weird people that need a platform. <laughs> and I love it. Um, and all, everyone gets amazing. high while they do it. Yeah. And everyone gets high while they do it. Make it edibles it. and pre rolls. It's a great time. So definitely go out and follow Camila on Twitter and support Stand Up Gals and support Grassroots. They're all incredible orgs that are doing some really cool and good things in the world. 
Well, Camila, that brings us to the end of our time together. Thank you so much for coming on and talking with me. Of course. Thanks for having me. And thanks for this podcast. I love listening to it. It was one of my top podcasts of 2021. <laughs> Thank you, doll. We love it. And if any of you out there have a hobby or anything in your life that you want to come on and talk about, you can email us at hobbyhorpod at gmail.com. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your hobby, and you might just end up on the pod. All right, my friends, have a good night and hobby on.